Hello, hello. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. We are fully underway, Bo Brock, with the Arizona Cardinals head coaching search. We heard from new GM Monty Ossenfort yesterday, and now we've got word of yet another candidate that is on the mind of Michael Bidwell and Monty Ossenfort, I believe from Tom Pelissaro of NFL Network, former defensive back, now D.C. for the Detroit Lions. Aaron Glenn will interview with the Arizona Cardinals for their open, vacant head coaching job. What do you make of it? Pick and spreads, Kyle, Michael, everybody in the chat. What's up? Thanks for joining us here on PHNX Cardinals. What do I make of it? It's it's that giant net that Michael Bidwell said that he was going to cast, Monty Ossonfort, as far as talking and starting to schedule candidates. And not everybody's going to blow you away. I don't think that the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator is going to blow you away. But a couple of years ago, before Aaron Glenn became the D.C. for the Lions, he was kind of a hot name. He was an up-and-comer. He was a guy that people said back then, hey, he's going to be a future head coach. And despite, you know, mediocre talent and less than mediocre results from that Detroit defense, he still has a lot of respect around the league. And, you know, Ozenfort has been in this league for 22 years. You know, Bidwill obviously has his sources and his his guys that he wants to talk with. And Aaron Glenn just happens to be a part of it. Another defensive coordinator to add to the list, a long list already, that only involves one offensive guy so far for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm getting a sense in the chat. A lot of people are not pro this move. I'm sure they've watched this Detroit Lions defense, albeit get better at the second half of this year. Remember, they were one in six, and then they turn around and they and they win nine games at the end of the year. They shut down Aaron Rodgers and company in Lambeau. Uh, I'm not saying he's by any means our first choice here, but again, you have to start connecting the dots. I posted this on Twitter. He's a Bill Parcells disciple. A lot of people pointed out to me he was Sean Payton's defensive back coach for four years in New Orleans. Make mm-hmm. of that what you will. They always had a tremendous secondary under he and Dennis Allen in New Orleans. And so, again, you just want to talk to people. The Cardinals do not have to be in a rush with anything when you think about the fact that there are still only five openings. That doesn't look like it's going to change at all now. And you go back to this time last year, it was a free-for-all, 10 openings. I just feel like with – and I posted this on Twitter – the landscape of the candidates they're bringing in. We're going to dive into our rankings here in a little bit. But, Bo, it just it feels like we're pivoting again. Remember Steve Wilkes hire? Hard-ass, right? Defensive-minded head coach, commanded the locker room. That went up in flames. So what did we do? We pivoted. The offense was the worst in modern NFL history. We get an offensive guru, so to speak. Somebody like Cliff Kingsbury, a hot yeah. and sexy name, right? You bring him in. And then the team this year under both he and Kyman Michael Bidwell's watch basically implodes, right? They're an embarrassment on and off the field. So now what are they pivoting to in 2023? They get a guy from Tennessee and New England to button up programs, and they're interviewing outside of Frank Wright, who's, who's an offensive guy who is very much buttoned up. Everybody is a hard ass on defense. Brian Flores, D'Amico Ryans, now Aaron Glenn. I don't know if I put Vance Joseph in that group, the DC from uh, the Denver Broncos who they're going to meet yeah. with. I mean, it just, it feels like, Hey, everybody bring your broom because we got a lot of sweeping up to do because we were in the tabloids more than we were in the headlines for winning football games. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's guys that you feel are going to challenge this football team. And when you yeah. think about this team, of course you think about the face of the franchise and that's Kyler Murray, somebody who's going to challenge Kyler Murray, and we'll get into our rankings. But, yeah, I mean, defensive, hard-nosed guys where we kind of see around the league, like offensive guys are a little bit a little bit softer, right? I mean, I don't want, I'm not calling anybody out here, but when you think hard-nosed, when you think more kind of a, a, a tougher kind of hard-ass guys, you think more defensive, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you like this so far. I mean, like I, I love what, it, what they were saying in the chat. Sometimes when you, when you cast a, a large net, you know, you're not going to catch exactly what you're looking for there. You're not going to get the exotic fit, fish that you want, right? You're not going to get the big juicy tuna that you want. Sometimes you're going to get like a hubcap from a 1992 Toyota Tercel. Sometimes that that ends up in your net, and you just got to kind of cast it out, throw it back. Well, probably not the garbage, but throw back the fish that you don't want. But Stop that's littering, what, Bo. That's what, when you're doing your due diligence, right? You're, you're getting different perspectives around the league. 
And I'm fine with it. An NFC North guy, a team that, as you said, rallied its way to a winning record and, and was on the outside looking into the playoffs and one of the respected voices in that locker room. Yeah, I uh, I like this comment here. I think it was from T-Dactyl. It says, you do your due diligence and everybody else before you go nuts with Sean Payton. And that's true to a lot of degree. We're going to talk about Sean Payton here in a minute. Arizona Animal calling it, I think it's called overcorrecting, Johnny. Absolutely, right? Pivoting, overcorrecting. But I yeah. also think Steve Kime is not Cliff. part of these. Steve Kime is not part of these discussions. Yeah. Cliff so was that, an overcorrection from Steve Wilkes. It was 100%. I mean, no doubt about it. Let's vibe check here, though. Is Aaron Glenn a little Cliff Kingsbury? Is, is he is he going to be somebody that we're going to be talking about it next week? Like, how the hell did we get here? Here's this surprise name that was no, added to the... I, you think he's just going to be one of those guys? Maybe like just a little mock interview type for your new GM to get... You know, exactly. Like, he kind of just gets a couple interviews under his belt before really approaching the big dogs, right? Before he has the... Because we, we don't have anything with D'Amico Ryans on the schedule yet. Doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it's going to happen at, before his game this weekend. So no. you got to think next week. And then Sean Payton hasn't been scheduled yet, if he ever gets scheduled. Uh, Aaron Glenn has more respect around the NFL than Cliff Kingsbury did. Cliff Kingsbury, a lot of people said, failed upwards, right? He got the USC job after being fired at Texas Tech. Then, boom, he's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. His defense and- was 29th in the NFL, and that was an improvement on the previous season. That's all I'm saying. That's the equivalent right. of 35 and 40 at Texas Tech. I just think, you yeah. know, it's somebody that when you look at the resume and you look at the results, it, and, and it's just kind of a surprise, but it's an up-and-comer, sure, 41, about the same age as Cliff Kingsbury. That's all I'm saying. That, you got I, that's what I asked with, it with for. It was like a vibe got- check. I want to see if that that's where you felt. He got an interview with Indianapolis. This is not out of left field. I mean, he's he's respected around league and her Have circles. you seen the guys that they're interviewing in Indianapolis? That's not great. That's not a good thing. <laughs> they <laughs> hired they're, Jeff they're Saturday the, was the interim coach there for how many weeks? They're the redheaded stepchild of this coaching search <laughs> because I, I that's the most toxic place of any squad because you've got Ballard who's basically on a, on the utmost hot seat and then Ursay is just a loose cannon. So Let's turn our attention to our guy, Benjamin Albright, because he broke down his coaching updates 2.0 on Twitter. And uh, it was interesting. This falls under a lot of what we've been hearing, Bo, with regard to the Arizona Cardinals. Michael Bidwell, it's infuriating, yet it's refreshing all the same. He is keeping this so close to the vest that literally we reach out to people. He's gone dark and you love to see it. And I think this reflects it. Benjamin incredibly tapped in saying the GM hire sort of resets everything a bit. Interested to see who the new candidates are, who the new requests are. Basically saying, like, everything's up for grabs. You turn around tomorrow, new interview, whomever it is. Carolina, he, Benjamin, I, I have an opportunity to listen to his podcast last night, feels like Sean Payton to Denver is still alive, but Carolina may be the front runner. When you've got people like Ben Johnson who have real options, and they were thought to be Ben Johnson's top choice and vice versa. Get a young quarterback there. Yeah. He's the phenomenal coaching standout from Detroit. And then you got Ben Johnson saying, no, 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 I'm going to stay in Detroit. Do we have momentum now for Sean Payton, who has now met with Carolina and Denver, to take a job in his own division? And why the fuck haven't the Cardinals scheduled their <laughs> interview yet with Sean Payton? What is going on? Because Monty Austinfort, he's he's you know getting he's getting to know some some smaller fish, right? He, he's getting okay. to know he's knocking out some easier easier targets, getting some interviews under his belt, and then he's going to talk potentially to to Sean Payton. No, I have no clue. I don't know. I, mean, I think those are some solid points made by Benjamin Albright on his on his podcast. Uh, in regards to Sean Payton, who interviewed virtually on Monday night with Houston, and Colin Coward, who had dinner with him last night, completely shaded Houston and said, some organizations you can tell through Zoom how dysfunctional they are. That's what he said. He's had yes. one interview. It was virtually with Houston, and then Colin Coward went to air on that and just completely eviscerated Houston and his organization. Scra- yeah, you can scratch him off the list. It seems to be Denver and then Carolina coming into play and you know what this, the the common denominator is between those two franchises? Yeah, deep pockets. Here comes deep the money. Walmart so you can look money. at you yep. can look at all the reported criteria for Sean Payton, and you can throw it out the window. He's, if if the if those are the two franchises that are in the only in the conversation, it's due because they have the deepest pockets. I think Carolina, their owner is the second richest in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, 
and, Carolina, the criteria was quarterback. They don't have one yet. They're they're down the draft board a little bit to where West they're Coast. probably not going to be within striking distance. And they've got, you know, their owner is a little nutty too. He's quick with the trigger finger. And it's Charlotte as far as it was location was important to Sean Payton. That's as far away as you could possibly be from Los Angeles. So he doesn't apparently give that- a shit. In that same segment, Coward talked about like the unfortunate reality of playing Herbert and Mahomes twice a year, right? Being behind the eight ball there, and then he said going to Charlotte and basically winning the division you could potentially do in year one, but you're never going to get an elite quarterback prospect. So I, I don't know. I feel like the longer that we go into this, and the 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 Cardinals are an anomaly right now because they're in a holding pattern for whatever reason. I I kind of posted a synopsis on my Twitter this morning, Bo, that basically was like they have permission to talk to him. They got permission from the Saints. The Saints aren't blocking anything. The Cardinals understand what the Saints want. They have been given access to an interview. And if Houston, the Houston Texans and their dysfunction got an interview, Sean Payton will meet with the Cardinals if if they want to meet with him. Why they're not meeting with him yet, I I have no idea. Do they want to do it in person, right? Do they not want to have a mock interview over Zoom and be a laughingstock? To me, it just seems so bizarre because we got word in November and December that Peyton had legitimate interest in the Cardinals and vice versa. When in reality, Benjamin Albright said that Peyton wasn't a huge fan of Russell Wilson. So like now, is it just a, is it a money play? Why are the Saints allowing potentially a division rival, a division rival to talk to him? Do they devalue Sean Peyton? I want to pull up the second option here from Benjamin Albright, his second half of his tweet of his posts here. Um, kind of trying to connect the dots a little bit. Um, t- Indy's the toughest for him. Um, and we, we mentioned at the top of the show that it feels like, I mean, Saturday, Raheem Morris, but then Denver. Benjamin's been out front pushing for Dan Quinn. They are the favorite, by the way, on DraftKings at like plus 150, plus 175 to get Dan mm-hmm. Quinn. And I think that's the reality that they're going to have to face. So it's like, is is Sean Payton really going to go to the Carolina Panthers? We got a text from our guy Espo with a tweet before the show started. Like, they're ready to give him full control and infinite funds, but none of that is the product on the field. None of that is what they've already had. Like, the Cardinals presumably checked a lot of boxes for Sean when this search started. NFC West, dwindling, Mm -hmm. NFC's trash, Kyler Murray, West Coast team. They could pay maybe not Walmart money or Carolina Panther, Matt Rule buyout money, but they could pay a good amount. And now it's just this just feels kind of gross. Like I if I if you had to ask me right now if he's not with the car, I think he goes back to Fox because Albright said on his podcast he was thoroughly disappointed that neither LA job or Dallas opened up. So like wouldn't he just want to go back to TV for another year? Yeah, and those are always volatile situations. I mean, when you look at uh, you know, they fired their OC yesterday, Lombardi, he's the guy that's mm-hmm. taken the fall for that collapse where a lot of it should fall on the shoulders of their head coach, Brandon Staley. And he talked today and was talking progress. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you, the amount of progress that you guys had between last year and this year, like you could slide a, like a loose leaf piece of paper under it. That's how how big a progress you guys made. It wasn't enough, right? You have one of the yeah. best young quarterbacks in the NFL and you made it to a wild card game and just tremendously collapsed. Like one of the worst collapses in NFL history, the third worst collapse in NFL history. But I'll say this, as far as the, as far as what's going on with Sean Payton, the Arizona Cardinals, now there's still time to do it. And I see people who are hovering their hand over the panic button, not hitting it just yet. Some people are saying that that's Sean Payton's sh- uh, ship has sailed. I see our guard Mike in the chat saying, pass on Payton, P.O.P. I'm not down with P.O.P. But as far as Payton goes, Michael Bidwell, it's an indictment on Michael Bidwell. It is. If he doesn't, if they don't get it done, if they don't get an interview done in this sense, then that's an indictment on the, the the organization that was in place. But here's one thing that also remains true. It's not the same Michael Bidwell. You can no. say, hey, ownership is funky and, and it's never going to change, but we're seeing change happen before our eyes. And you can say, oh, same old Cardinals making the same mistakes. He hired a GM. That was a mistake. No, you got a guy with a really impressive resume that's been on the radar for a long time. And you got one of the best team builders out there and you hired him. And you you, you just kind of bet on hiring good people and thinking that'd be more attractive to a guy like Sean Payton. Uh, but I, I still think that 
the Arizona Cardinals not being able to potentially land an interview with Sean Payton is an indictment on, on Michael Bidwell and maybe his ties for far too long with a guy like, like uh, Steve Kime. And that's, but if you, you have to understand that that's a pro that was a problem. Thank God the problem's gone. And, mm -hmm. and you, you want him to continue to move forward and progress from that and get his groove back. But the, the past of the past and, and people can point to it and say, Hey, that was an issue. I'm glad you're over it, but now show me something. That 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 news about the Cardinals getting permission to request yeah. an interview with Sean Payton, given approval, was like four or five days ago. Yeah, and then suddenly things changed. Like Michael Bidwell was a week ago. This guy, yeah, hires this guy and what Monty Osenfort's like. I don't want to talk to Sean Payton at the very least, and I hope this is not the case. But you would do what Houston did, and it's just like, well, let's have a conversation with him. Because right. if you're not having a conversation with him, then you are the Bidwells of old. You're closed-minded. You're like, our way is the best way, internal candidates, promoting from within, the cardinal way, which is the losing way. But what's so refreshing for Michael Bidwell this offseason, eating contracts, pivoting quickly, goodbye Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury, Bon Voyage, and into, you know, where's he at? I keep wanting to say Tahiti. He's in Thailand with his yeah. uh, IG model girlfriend. God bless him. <laughs> He's getting paid a premium, over $20 million. Uh, he gave Kyler Murray his contract, and now you've got a new GM that didn't come from, has no ties to the Cardinals. Right. Those are all positive things. Mm -hmm. And now we sit here and we're freaking out because Sean Payton, like, I, I do not believe Sean Payton told Michael Bidwell, no, I, I don't want to speak with you. There's no benefit to that. He has nothing on his plate right now, and the, and the more teams he meets with, the more leverage he has to ask for more money, to ask for more power, right? To, and then New Orleans can play that part in that. Just say, hey, we got a bit more here with a bunch of teams. It helps everybody. So it would have to be Michael Bidwell and Monty Austin now who said, Bo Brock, we don't want to meet with Sean Payton, which is ridiculous. That's why I feel like in, unless something comes out, I still think it's going to happen. You call me crazy. I think there's a better chance that Sean Payton contacts the Cardinals and meets with them than D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's, when he's telling the Cardinals, we'll talk at a later date. That I, I think that, that that does not. They didn't have a GM. Well I think the that's the, the one main point people are missing here. They, they didn't have a GM until yesterday morning. I mean, Monty Austinfort was on a plane on, on Monday night, and then he was at the press conference yesterday, and they immediately went to right. work. I, I, is, they didn't get on the schedule because they didn't have a GM. You can't schedule a meeting if you don't have somebody hired. I just it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. So you know people he's were going to go to Charlotte this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Or he's going to New York to meet the Panthers this weekend, right? Right, right, right. So you know, and and that's been on the docket. So, but when you think about Ryan's, I mean, he's not going to make it a decision before the Niners' playoff run is done, right? So you've still got that option and mm -hmm. the ability to set that up. So you know, I, I'm not sitting here and freaking out, but. Just like I said yesterday, as far as Sean Payton and the conversations we're having, like as far as him with, as the Cardinals' ex head coach, I'm pausing those. I'm completely pausing it with, you know, I, I asked Monty straight up, what's your relationship with Sean Payton? Phenomenal coach. I, did, I just haven't come, we've never crossed paths. So is he doing his research? I mean, I don't know how much more you have to do to know that he's the top candidate out there, but there, there's something in the works here. But I, I also like to your point, Houston got a fucking interview that the Cardinals can get an interview. They can at least, right. he can at least jump on a zoom call. He'll do that. It, the Saints, it, the very least at the very least to drive the price up the saints and, and, and Sean Payton want to talk to the Cardinals want, want them to connect. It's, yeah. it's, it's on Michael and Monty now. Uh, and I think that that's where the hesitation is uh, right now with the fan base. It's like, okay, we're waiting, right? It's like that gift. Well, we're waiting for you to connect. <laughs> they met with the Denver Broncos yesterday for a couple of hours. Again, I think you can cross Houston off. Sounds like Indianapolis is kind of playing in their own little pool. It feels like Indy and Houston are in a different kind of pool candidate, and the Cardinals and the Broncos and the Panthers are are in their own pool of candidates right now. Yeah, but I again, just can't believe I can't believe the Broncos. The, the Broncos keep failing into good opportunities. They just keep remember how big of an off like we're gonna have another off season where people are gonna get on the Broncos hype train and they're gonna fall short tremendously of, of expectations. I you can't be in a division with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, <laughs> and now Justin Herbert, who was a year away from getting a real coach, and Tom Brady playing for the Raiders. I, I mean I, that that can't be too appealing. I but money talks shit walks. 
Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. If you want to know what we think of the top candidates, stick around. But we have a special guest announcement, Bo Brock, with who's going to be joining us this time tomorrow. Who is it, Bo? Yeah, the guy that we've been kind of following along for this coaching search with on social media, great NFL insider. We talked about some of his tweets kind of shedding some light and adding some context to what's going on. Benjamin Albright, NFL insider, is going to join the program Tomorrow at the top of the show, we're going to get his insight. The latest as the Cardinals head coaching shirts kind of resets here. Benjamin Albright, he's going to join the show tomorrow at the top of the show right around 4 o'clock. Johnny, stop pushing buttons. That's uh, that's that's Who producer that? asking you to do so. I know you're producer excited Emma's about back. that. All right. <laughs> Kicking it into high gear with Emma and Benjamin Albright. Man, Yana, we're going to ask Benjamin everything under the sun. He may not be able to answer everything. Uh, but he's a great guy. He's a great person and he's a great insider. And I mean, he's tapped in because he's a Broncos guy, but he's an insider nonetheless. So you guys hop on tomorrow. Of course you would. We know you would anyway, and have your questions ready to go. We will pose them to our guy, Benjamin Albright live on the show. But in the meantime, let me talk to you guys about shy town cornhole. It's cornhole season right now. I've been playing with my kids in the backyard it's one of the huge benefits of living in Arizona, cornhole seasons all year round, right? So check out Chi-Town Custom Cornholes. They've been supplying premium cornhole sets across the country and even to military bases, deployments throughout the world since 2007. You love to see that. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, which is fantastic, covered in vinyl. It can be stained. It can be painted. And their boards come with built-in drink holders. So if you got a cold one, hopefully a Four Peaks, you can kick that right in and reset in the back. It's got LED lights, exterior handles, whatever you need. Some of them even have handcrafted scorekeepers. It's the only place I get my premium cone horse su supplies. Veteran owned and operated. If you're a veteran, by the way, or on active duty, all you got to do is mention this ad. You get 10% off. They ship anywhere. Expedited shippings. They specialize in corporate events, corporate designs for your company, gifts, tailgates, barbecues, Super Bowl parties, whatever you want. All you got to do, friends and family, check out Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards or check them out on their website, ChiTownCornhole.com. And some of you are asking, what the hell is cornhole? It's actually, it's like bags. Some some of you call yeah. it bags. We've got our own custom Chi-Town Cornhole Boards for PHNX. They're unbelievable. These things are absolutely electric. Cannot wait to unveil those. You can check those out, I'm sure on our social media at PHNX underscore sports. And also you can check us out live and in person next week. We're all going to be hanging out the last Wednesday of the month at Four Peaks, H Street yes. in Tempe. Johnny's going to be there. I'm going to be there. We're going to be talking Cardinals head coaching search. Will we have a coach by then? Will they have just hired somebody? Is somebody right going to be right there and, and waiting to be hired? We'll see, but we're going to talk about it. We want you to join us. Hang out, great, drink some great beers, eat some great food from Four Peaks, and enjoy some great atmosphere. Hang out with us, drink those uh, delicious kilt lifters, those wow wheat beers as well. You got the pumpkin porter, I believe, is still on tap. They got all the great beers. I think they even have a, a uh, cannabis-themed beer out there that mm. uh, I heard is quite tasty. You're definitely going to want to check it out. The, uh, the Dank IPA, you're going to have one of those? You're going to dabble with that, Johnny? I'm Mr. Dank, so yes, I'm going to dank it up over over our friends at Four Peaks. Maybe get some chicken fingers and a little dank. Uh, I'm Mr. Dank. Yeah, there we go. Staycation, super juicy IPA as well as a new beer. They're churning out, Dank. They're doing. They're living the dream, living the brewery brewery dream. You got to go join them as well because the food is awesome. The beverages are even better and the vibes are even better than that. Last Wednesdays are back. PHNX crew hang out with us at the H Street Pub January 25th. All of our shows are live from PHNX throughout the day, including a four o'clock, 430 maybe, I think, PHNX Cardinals. We're going to be hanging out yes. yeah, a little bit later, 430. Join us, $3 beer specials. Come say hi to us. Talk cards football. Let's do it. Can we get can we have four peaks to name a beer after the departed Cliff Kingsbury? Maybe the Bon Voyage, <laughs> right? The IG, something like that. Maybe we should partner with them. I'll bring that up. I'm sure that'll All go right. well. Uh, this is gonna go well. Uh, Bo and I have been asked, and, and we are happy to oblige our top five preferred coaching candidates for the Arizona Cardinals based on who they have reached out for. This is a big asterisk because Aaron Glenn. 
our guy was just reported minutes before the show, so he is excluded. Maybe he's on a future list. So, Bo Brock, I'm going to turn it to you, my friend. Yeah. Who are your top five preferred candidates right now as it stands that the Arizona Cardinals are supposedly interested in hiring? You guys are going to hate this list. Here it is. All right. This is why I'll tell you why I've paid in so far. Holy down the list. shit. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll explain. There's an explanation for everything. This is going to get eviscerated and ratioed on Twitter when we put it up later, good, just like our good. DeAndre Hopkins post from last week. Who did but that? I okay. So I've got I've got uh, Aviro from the Broncos as my fifth rated guy, right? And he's impressive. He's a good candidate. He coached up a pretty solid defense this year. Just a little green, in my opinion. Two. Too, too young, one year under his belt as far as the D.C., too much of a Steve Wilk vibes for me. Uh, but, look, he's coached under some very impressive coaches as well. You know, during his tenure with the Bucks, he was under John Gruden. That's when he was the most successful. Uh, he's coached under Jim Harbaugh with the 49ers and recently with Sean McVay with the Rams. So he comes from uh, working under some very impressive coaches. But I'm just not in on a first-year coordinator. I need a little bit more seasoning than, than Aviro. Uh, coming out of Denver. So uh, glad they're interviewing. As I said, I'm not going to poo-poo having such a large net as that's what Bidwell said this was going to happen. But here's why I have Sean Payton fourth, because there's no movement on the Sean Payton front. I can't put him at the top of the list because there's no momentum there. And the ex-Saints head coach, Super Bowl winner, there's no interview in place. Now, you're probably like, well, D'Amico Ryan's He's, he's, he doesn't have an interview in place either, but he's got a game coming up. There's no reason why you couldn't have a Sean Payton interview set up. So I've got him fourth on my list. Absolutely has a ceiling as rising up the ranks and being my number one. I think he's the top choice. I just don't see the Cardinals and him teaming up yet. So I've got him at fourth. Uh, number three, probably surprised after our comments yesterday after we heard about Frank Reich uh, that I've got him ahead of Brian Flores. Brian Flores is my number three coach. I just think there are a ton of red flags as far as Flores at the end of his tenure in Miami, uh, reportedly kind of pitting the offense against the defense, not really paying any respect to the offensive players for Miami Dolphins, and of course, his handling of Tua. And, you know, obviously when you look at Kyler Murray, I think it's important that you challenge Kyler Murray, but as far as just cast him away or you don't believe in him or you just kind of take him down or dress him down, I don't think that's the way to get him back to playing at a high level. So I've got Brian Flores. I think that there's some positive things there. He did a lot of good things in Miami. He did a lot more with less as far as the roster goes. Five wins when that team should have barely won one game in his first season. He had won 10 games, was on the outside looking in in his second season. It was over 500 the next year. But there was certainly some unrest in that locker room. And Brian Flores, I mean, hopefully he learned from his final year in Miami and doesn't repeat those same mistakes. But according to a lot of the, the higher-ups in the Cardinals organization, Michael Bidwell, Adrian Wilson, and Monty Ford, who said Brian, quote, is special, a special coach, there's a lot of respect for Brian Flores in the Cardinals organization currently. And then Frank Reich, who uh, interviewed the other day, you know, I, I, I don't want to poo-poo this much as, as we did yesterday. I think Frank Reich is a decent option uh, I know he's a retread. I know things fell apart as far as Indianapolis, but we see that that entire organization is a complete dumpster fire. He hitched his wagon, unfortunately, to Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz currently is the coach killer. He's getting whoever coaches him fired, and Frank Reich uh, was a victim of that. But two double-digit seasons in Indy, it was a quarterback carousel the entire time, and I think that he's an offensive-minded guy that also can develop young quarterbacks and potentially get Kyler Murray back on track Love to see him paired with a really solid defensive coordinator. And then you also see that Frank Reich has the ability to kind of mentor and develop play callers. I mean, what he was able to do with Nick Sirianni and what he's doing in Philadelphia, his tree is already pretty impressive. So I, I like Frank Reich more than I let on yesterday after doing some more research. And then I think D'Amico Ryans is the top guy. I'd love to see them secure an interview with him. What he's done with the defense since he took it over from Robert Sala after he took the, the Jets job couple of years ago he he improved the defense that was already a Super Bowl caliber defense number one as far as yards allowed number one as far as points allowed and then you've got quotes coming out via an article from Benjamin Solak of the ringer from players that said I would literally die for him that's the kind of guy you want somebody you would literally die for Johnny would you literally die for anybody but your kids and your wife 
I would say I, I before I saw that list, I would have died for you. And now I want you dead. <laughs> now I want you dead because you have Sean Payton fourth. Um, you you are getting ratioed in the comments. I appreciate the originality. Uh, I am here to save this podcast. Uh, you've been a D'Amico Ryan's guy in all seriousness. <laughs> from the Do they start. not understand so why he's fourth? He doesn't have a fucking interview. Hey man, let's let's just take a beat here. It's like I posted on Twitter. Just take a take a quick beat. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to rebuild trust. You were on selling this show. me Bill O'Brien yesterday. As an OC, as an OC, <laughs> right? Have you seen the OCs under Cliff? They basically have have no authority. Um, <laughs> I I don't hate it because I'm with you. I think we need to be realistic about Sean Payton right now in the short term, but I still am a little bit more hopeful than you are that it's going to happen, that this is going to take place. Um, and that's why he's the top of my list. So Emma, producer Emma Extraordinaire, if we could see my list, please. And back to reality, you've got Sean Payton, <laughs> number one overall, because I still think they're going to get an interview. Everybody is in my comments and my mentions saying, it's over, John. It's over. Give it up. I will not give it up. We will not quit until we are officially outed. I thought I was blood brothers with Bo Brock. We had this impact <laughs> dating back to Thanksgiving that we will not leave this bandwagon. God, next time he puts a list together, you may just not have Sean Payton at all in there. And listen, Sean Payton is not, you know, the end all be all for this franchise, but he's available and they were given access to talk to him. So fucking talk to him, Michael Bidwell. All right. Number two, D'Amico Ryans, as you mentioned, um, I think he is the crown jewel, the gem of these free agent coaches not named Sean Payton. I think those are the 1A and 1B. The minute Jim Harbaugh opted to go back to Michigan, those are the bells of the balls. Payton and D'Amico Ryans. The difference is D'Amico Ryans has an infrastructure in San Francisco that's based off a defense led left by Robert Sala. But I think Ryans has actually elevated that group. I like what he's done without, you know, supremely gifted defensive tackle play, supplemented some cornerback play. But we don't know how he'd do as a head coach. So I was tempted. I didn't do it. I love Brian Flores at number three. I will bang this drum. If you're asking me what the most realistic option is, I still think it's Brian Flores is the next head coach of this team. He is beloved by the GM. He's the kind of ass kicker, authoritative figure that would clean up this team. He won games in Miami with a subpar roster and bad quarterback play against Bill Belichick and Josh Allen. I get it. He wasn't everybody's friend. I bet he learns from it. We all have experiences that make us better, professionals, people, whatever, fathers, husbands, sons, whatever. You go through shit, and you come out of it hopefully better. And guess what, Bo? He learned under Mike Tomlin this past year and how Mike Tomlin dealt with adversity in getting that Steeler team with Kenny Pickett over 500. So he is firmly entrenched as my number three. I don't love Frank Wright. That's You mentioned it yesterday. You put it brilliantly. Retread. It's just a retread. And then you got people like you mentioned, Jason McIntyre, saying that Frank Wright wouldn't touch the Cardinals opening. It's too chaotic for him. He met with the Cardinals yesterday. If right. the Cardinals hire Frank Wright this job, he will, he will take this job. So let's mm -hmm. just put that bullshit aside. The only people I think right now that are going to be positioned to turn down jobs are Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico Ryans feels like he's got options, whether it's this offseason, next year. All, a bunch of those guys in, in uh, San Francisco are staying anyway. I know Rand Carth um, went to Tennessee, but Adam Peters stuck around. You know, who knows? But everybody should take a note from Byron Leftwich in the sense that you you think you're, you know, an ascending coach. Right. And then you opt to pass on an opening in Jacksonville, and now you may be fired as a coordinator. I'm not saying that's going to happen to D'Amico Ryans, but I would be careful on passing interviews a la Ben Johnson. And our guy, Averro, number five, doesn't do much for me. Very similar to, to Aaron Glenn, right? I think... Like you mentioned, mock interviews, I wouldn't go that far, but like, let's get to know these people. Let's have relationships. If, if staffs get fired, if people like, if he's not retained Bo Brock in Denver, Averro, yeah. is he a DC coordinator candidate for Frank Wright, for Sean Payton? Who knows? That's, that that's kind of the inner, you want to make an impression if you're Michael Bidwell or Monty Williams. So um, I don't hate your list. I was just blowing your grief here, but I, I do think that let, let, listen until Sean Payton opts not to meet with the Cardinals and, and it's reported right. somebody we trust people we've had on this show, rap sheet, friend of the program Cardinals not happening. And he's going to stay at the top of my list. Here lies Bo Brock death by ratio. <laughs> no, you don't know what ratio is. 
Welcome to the pros. We know how to get ratio. <laughs> Remember John, uh, what was his name? The Dil Filippo. Remember him? Remember yeah. he was a hot oh, candidate? God. He was so hot. Yes. Now was, where is he? He's probably he's with the rock and the he XFL, got left witched. I mean, he, that that's the one thing about these these coaching carousels is like he's a hot quarterbacks coach. He's a hot coordinator. He's a hot DC, hot OC. And then he went to, was it, was it Cleveland and got fired? He's, he's a head coach uh, of the new Orleans breakers in the USFL. (laughs) And we're not making fun of DiFilippo or they used to call him. Do you you put Aaron Glenn over any of these people? Maybe, maybe Averro. Yeah, maybe not though. Averro. I mean, their defense did kick ass this year. They were they were stout defensively, but, but I they think had again personnel. I mean, yeah, what, I Car- what would I Aaron Car- Glenn do with that defense? I think Avera would take a Maje Sanders and an Isaiah. Simmons I mean, what Avera was able to do in Patrick Sertan's second season, right, is more than you could say that Aaron Glenn was has been able to do uh, with Jeff Akuda. Agreed. Like, they got like Aaron, two top Aaron, prospects outside of this stretch run that Detroit has had to get to nine and eight when they were one and six, like the, the resume has been bad in Detroit. If you look at on the, like that's an interview, that's a Vance kind of interview or an Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris. Like, don't judge me on what I've done. Judge me what I'm going to tell you I'm going to do. Right. And I don't think that's a, that's not a good pool for the Cardinals. Can't do that again. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Cliff Kingsbury. Well, listen, yeah. my record at Texas Tech was bad, but here's what I can do for Kyler Murray in the offense right now. I want somebody like a Brian Flores or a Sean Payne or a D'Amico Ryan, like, hey, guys, last time I coached, I kicked ass. I was at the top of my game. My unit was amongst the best in the NFL. I've won, I have a winning percentage of above 500 in the NFL. Brian Flores, 10 wins, 9 wins. That perks my interest. Not Detroit's defense. That was 29th overall in a division where you get to play the the putrid Chicago Bears and whatever the hell the Packers were at the end of the season. So, I again, I wouldn't freak out. Let's talk about Vance for a second. Can we talk about that? Because his interview was today. Mm -hmm. Everybody was up in arms. I thought our guy, Howard Balzer, put it beautifully yesterday, basically saying, like, I think just Monty Austinfort interviewing Vance Joseph gives him a sense of, like, the the personnel on the team, the defensive personnel. Maybe not an exit interview by by name, by title of what the meeting was, but in reality, Monty Austinfort is trying to accumulate as much information as he can, and rightfully so, so let's have a conversation with Vance Joseph and give him the benefit of going out with some dignity, whereas Cliff Kingsbury was shown the door last week. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, getting an interview under his belt, probably asking him, hey, what, what would you do now that you, if you had the reins to the, to the team? Would you still handle guys like Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins like you did during your tenure? What's your plan for them? What's your front plan to take their game to the next level? Because yep. if it's, hey, this status quo, that's not good enough for me, right? Block walking? <laughs> do, a block, yeah. do a block walk, party? Walk in the streets of Tempe early early in the morning? Walk into walk. the second worst defense in the NFL, taking a tweener linebacker and not playing him at all. 12% of the snaps for Zayvon Collins' rookie year. Get Ben Meeman out there and get seven yards of carry for the opposing offense. But Buddha will come to his defense on Twitter. <laughs> You're gone. I'm sorry. No, I'm done. <laughs> we just jumped the shark, I think, officially. That you just you just busted out just, the song and dance like a damn we show got, tune. We got like, let's talk, talk it out, people. Monty Osborne hey, will not take this job if he has to hire Vance Joseph. I mean, Stop it. it's 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 insane to me that you if if they do get D'Amico Ryan's right and and they get uh, uh, Aviro in, you got two of the top defensive in the league, right? Statistically, yeah. and then you got two of the worst. You got the your the guy, the internal candidate, Vance Joseph, and then you got Aaron Glenn. I mean. That that's kind of interesting. That's an interesting, just kind of interesting is one way to put it. Yeah. Some no, some others might call it bad. Like that's that's a bad. It's choice, just chaos. Guys. It's very chaotic, and I and I think that that's where you know the the wide net is for people. All the goodwill that Michael Bidwell has created between Black Monday and now, people are already losing faith. 
And he hasn't done anything yet. They I know he hasn't done anything, but look, I mean, not having two of the not having the two top candidates set for interviews that'll do it to a fan base. They they want they thought it was going to be different, and so far it's it is kind of the status quo. So, like I said, not time to freak out, but you shouldn't be feeling too comfortable either. Uh, I'm comfortable. Because Monty Osmond Ford had <laughs> Yeah, you were just singing and dancing on, yeah. <laughs> on, on camera. They, just, they haven't hired anybody. This They literally just started to look for a coach. If you remember Bruce Arians and, and Cliff Kingsbury, especially Bruce Arians, they, they, who's the last coach to be hired in that hiring cycle? Right. Like, the old Michael Bidwell liked to take his time. I still would imagine that that's still very much in play here. They're not hiring anybody tomorrow, right? They're not hiring anybody this weekend. I think this is going to go on for at least another business week, 10 days probably, because I I would imagine whomever gets this job is going to get a second interview. Do you agree with that? Yeah. There's going to be a second sure. cycle of interviews. People are they're going to they're going to narrow it down to about two or three guys that we're going to hear about come back in that building and have a second round of interviews and then they're going to make a decision. And they yeah, are unless it's literally, Sean Payton. Unless right, unless, unless they finally do get Payton to listen and then um you know, and then they can move forward with that. I mean, that's that's the guy where it, it's it's not the the norm. Even though the Cardinals are approaching it, just like he's a normal candidate. Where mm-hmm. I think you know, what the way we thought that they should approach this offseason with that sense of urgency is like, hey, you don't have two caliber candidates every offseason like Harbaugh and like right. Peyton, and they Blue were there. Chip. I don't know how realistic Harbaugh was. It always. Now, in hindsight, it looked like he was just posturing and leveraging for more money with Michigan. But, you mm-hmm. know, the, the the lack of sense of urgency, you didn't even get to have a conversation with him. But, you know, they, they fired their guy on Monday. They hired a GM the next week. So that that's not – it's not like they're not working as fast as they can. And also, like, you got to give Michael Bidwell some time to, like, settle in with Monty Osmond He was literally joined at the hip with Steve Kime for over a decade. They were hand in hand and everything. He has just been out ousted by the franchise. He's gone. He's not part of the franchise anymore. So like, Which, let's, and, and I, I asked this to the chat. I asked this to you um, of the external guys, because I think Vance Joseph certainly would sink Monty Austin Fort right out of the gates, right? All yeah. the people that were excited about Monty Austin Fort, they would lose that excitement immediately. It would, it would wear off and he would have a stench on them and he would have, they would have to prove him wrong by winning out of nowhere next season. Mm-hmm. But as far as which of the external could le- leave a stench on your new GM? No one like fresh Vance. new GM. Vance is in his own category. Yeah. Because we've seen it already. I know what that looks like. And it was, it was bad. So I, I, again, there are tears and Vance is in his own tier of please know God and then there's, okay, I can get my arms around it with an Aaron Glenn or an Averro. Averro, like, they wanted him to take the interim job. And he's like, I don't want to touch this toxic situation in Denver. I'm just going to coordinate my defense. So I, I think he's smart. Um, and I, I'm anxious to see how that goes. To me, though, it we, we, have to, we have to level set exactly what's going on with Sean Payton before I can even make an assessment. Because if... If they opt to just not meet with Sean Payton, I'm going to be infinitely pissed off, and it's going it, mean, to—it's going to make me feel ill will toward whomever they hire, and that's not fair to that person. But if they hire Aaron Glenn and they never talk to Sean Payton like that, that's a huge indictment on Monty Austin for it. it. And I'm even putting the coaching candidate aside, and I'm just saying you were not smart enough in your first couple of weeks as this GM to to do the easy thing and check a box, even for optics, because optics yeah. are everything with this fan base. And you've got Michael Bidwell smirking at my guy, Bo Brock, when he asked him about Sean Payton. Then it comes out they're going to talk to him, and then they never get around to it. Yeah, right. I just there are, too, there are too many layers with this. But Vance is in his own category. They're not hiring Vance Joseph. Right. They're not hiring Vance Joseph. Monty right. Austin for literally is, is pegging himself with this franchise, is, is combining what he believes is going to be a championship-level roster or organization and putting all of his hopes on Michael Bidwell. And, yes, he's getting a fat check and a GM title, but we saw Adam Peters opt to stay in San Francisco. Monty could have opt to stay in a winning culture in Tennessee, and he took this job. I, the, the, and here's something that needs to be said, and it's an uncomfortable conversation, but I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna bring this up wholeheartedly. They fired Steve Wilkes, a one and done black coach, in, in 2018. 
if they were to hire Vance Joseph, he is not a lame duck coach after one year. You couldn't, for the optics, for everything that Michael Bidwell wants to talk about for diversity and inclusion, fire Vance Joseph after one year. That would be an awful look for the Arizona Cardinals. Terrible. So everybody thinking, well, Vance will just be the fall guy. Cardinals can't operate like that. They can't operate right. that with any with any black coach in, in 2023 if they hire them. And well, I hope and, that they wouldn't. Right. And, and and they would be they, they would be going into the situation where, you know, now that Cliff is gone, now that Kime is gone, Vance Joseph becomes the most polarizing figure. Right. Probably supersedes Kyler Murray for that because people mm-hmm. have already made their decision on whether or not he can be a good coach or not. And the likelihood of him, especially early on for the Cardinals next season, despite them playing a fourth place schedule of them having success, especially under Vance Joseph are very, are very slim, are very slim. So you, I mean, the fan base doesn't have to care about the optics of they're just going to want, they're going to cry for or or be outraged when they don't produce. And then you're going to hurt yourself. If you were to fire Vance Joseph in the coaching circles and the player circles and the Cardinals will have a reputation just like the Houston Texans. You gave Steve Wilkes, who has proven to at least be competent with another franchise one year, and set him up for failure with a GM that should not have had the job. Then you gave Cliff Kingsbury four years, and then you hire Vance Joseph to oust him after one year. It's a horrible look, and yeah. it's not something Michael Bidwell well, wants any part only of. one organization's really done that, and it's an awful organization. You, yeah. you become, you're the Houston Texans. There's a tier of organizations, and, and that's where you are. If that's that's your approach, if that's your plan, it's not a good plan. Shouldn't do it. I mean, it's just as simple as that. You got to be able to the, the the coaching crop this season is good enough, is talented enough, with enough yeah. leaders there to where you can identify a guy with the work done that's going to be pro, is going to be an external guy and that can potentially turn your franchise around and take it the direction that Monty Austin Ford outlined in his press conference on Tuesday uh, for 91 Claycomb. He, he was in town. He did meet with, with Michael Bidwell and Cardinals brass on Friday. He went back to Nashville. He was offered the job on Monday, accepted, and then was on, the, on a flight out that night, came back, did the interview or the press conference in, in Tempe. So it wasn't sight unseen. It wasn't virtually. It was an in-person interview. Uh, he met virtually earlier last week. So he's had a couple times meeting with Michael Bidwell and, and some people that Bidwell – uh, kind of tabbed as you know people that were going to be involved in this process. Yeah, and I just let's stop using the term "fall guy" with Vance Joseph. Like that, uh, organizations hopefully don't operate like that outside of Houston. And I would be infinitely, infinitely disappointed in Michael Bidwell if they opted to do that. Um, and again, Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson didn't get the GM job. I just these optics of this hiring are important for a lot of different reasons. And you have to show a commitment to whomever you hire, whomever you hire, if you want to be taken seriously needs to be assured at least two years. And so you got to be prepared to go into the foxhole for two years with this person. And to, and to Bo's point with what we've seen from Vance Joseph with Kyler Murray, and then without Kyler Murray at the end of the year, his defense was a sieve and he had more people healthy on his side of the ball than the opposite. Now he didn't pick the players, but mm-hmm. he's had Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins under his tutelage and knowledge since they came in the NFL. Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, until Buda got hurt, were under his tutelage. You know, he developed Byron Murphy, and we'll give him credit with Hassan Reddick. He had J.J. Watt, right? And, and the Cardinals' defense was awful at the end of the year. And again, the, the offense didn't put them in, in good positions. But again, we just talked about it. The Broncos' defense was fantastic all year, and they had a terrible offense, and it didn't break them. Robert Sala's defense with the Jets, fantastic. But they had to deal with Zach Wilson. It didn't break them. The Cardinals' defense, uh, you know, late October on was awful. I mean, that that second Seattle game, I mean, they just, they got exposed. They got yeah. swept by Geno Smith. They got destroyed by San Francisco. It just, Vance, he needs to have a new start somewhere else. And I again, this is just a courtesy to Vance Joseph because if you watch Hard Knocks, he and J.J. Watt, kept this team together, kept it afloat, and kudos to him for doing if, that. If if uh, if one of the defensive guys, though, if Flores, if if Ryan's is is the next guy, though, I yeah. I don't have any problem with him collaborating, game planning. I don't care if he's, he's your play caller on defense. No, 
No, I, I, you, you buy into this notion that it's got to be an offensive guy because the league has turned to offense and seven out of the eight coaches yep. right now in the finals are, are offensive guys. Or do you feel like uh, the right defensive coach or executive kind of coach could come in and compliment an all OC with Kyler Murray, assuming it's the right parent? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to seek out who that is. You got, I, I have to imagine that Monty Osenfort has some people in mind that especially with lining up so many defensive minded guys that he's got, he's got somebody in mind for, for, and, and that's the biggest question with those guys outside of how do you intend to lead this team out of the cellar um, is, is who, who do you have in mind for, for the offensive side of the football? Because they have this quarterback. We obviously, we want you to challenge him and lead him and show what, what it means to take the next step as a leader, but also, you know, who's going to be somebody that's going to work with him on a daily basis to get right. Of all these mid-tier candidates, Bo, like a Frank Wright at Brian Flores, what's your dream pairing? Assuming they can't get Sean Payton, and mm -hmm. I'll put, even put D'Amico Ryans on the shelf, and we're playing in the sandbox of everybody else. What's your dream pairing of head coach and then either OC or DC? Man, I mean, that's that's tough. That's put me on the spot. And, and then also you take out Ryans out of that equation – um, I mean, I think if, if you can get any kind of, if you could probably get the duo of, of a Reich and Flores, yeah, whichever, whoever gets to the tab of head coach, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I think that that's, that's a good, that's a good combination. I think that they're respected well enough on their side of the football that you've seen enough from those guys to not like, there's a, there's a resume, there's a track record of success there. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Flores with his, his background is in the linebacking core and you've, you've invested so much in the linebackers and Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, even though he plays safety pretty much, uh, but you find a role for him. Um, I think that that's, that's the best duo, right? Um, yeah. so yeah, I don't, as far as the other guy, I mean, Aviro, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, does he take somebody from his Rams days to come help him with the offense? I hope it's not anybody from the Denver staff because that mm -hmm. offense was terrible this season. Yeah. There was nobody in that building that seemed to know what they were doing as far as offensive play calling. So, yeah, there's it, it's pretty slim as far as the, the groups right now. But I think that you look at Reich and you pair him with a, a dynamic defensive guy, it looks better than it does just as him solo. Floor is the same way. You pair him with somebody offensive minded that's dynamic. That that looks a lot better because of what how things kind of fell apart in Miami. Wright is already sixty one years old too, and that's where I would defer to to Flores. If you're trying to get a coach to grow with Kyler Murray and company, a lot of these young defenders, it would be Flores as the head coach for me. Wright as the offensive coordinator, I, I think that that would be a great combination. I would love to see Brian Flores and like a Jim Caldwell. They have not. Uh, to our knowledge, met with Jim Caldwell yet, um, which I think is a mistake. I also think it's a mistake if you don't check out Underdog Fantasy right now. It's doing daily fantasy sports differently. Let me tell you why. You can draft your team against five of your friends and get this. The highest scoring squad for that night wins the cold, hard cash. Draft six NBA players with no positional limits. That is it. It's been fantastic to use as we pivot off year-long fantasy. We stiff arm it into oblivion. And we've got our sights set on the divisional matchups this weekend. Like, will Joe Burrow hit his higher in touchdowns? Will Brock Purdy hopefully hit his higher in interceptions? Find out more <laughs> at Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. It's so easy to get started. Download the app, sign up with promo code PHNX, and get this. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. You put in a hundy, boom, you get a hundy back. Ready to rock and roll with our friends at Underdog Fantasy Bowl. You also want to rock and roll with our friends over at OG's Brands, of course, Arizona's Cannabis Kitchen, and they got something special in the works for you that's dropping later this week. There's strawberries in cream flavor. It's official. It's hitting the shelves soon. Of course, OG's can be found in your local dispensary, and you're going to be able to get your hands on the strawberries and cream. As always, you can find them that local dispensary. You've got the CBD to THC one-to-one -one ratio. It's the happy balance uh, gummy that they got going on there, along with all their incredible products. Of course, you got their sleep time gummy with the Aquaberry flavor, which is delicious, and it's going to help put you to sleep, keep you asleep. They've got all their tropical 
flavors and you got your uh, orange cream sickle. You got everything that you want. Blackberries and cream. Can't go wrong with OG's brands. Got all those favorite flavors. You got to check them out yourself. OG'sBrands.com. That's OG'sBrands.com. Find them at your local dispensary. Hit them up on Instagram. They've got uh, all their products on there as well. Some great events going on with OG's. Always want to be following at OG's Brands, but the official strawberries and creams hitting shelves. You can buy them online, I'm sure, as well. Or not, probably can't purchase cannabis online. I apologize. You can look at their products online. Yes. I knew it. Because you, you got to be 21 years or older, dummy. Like, that's, that's hey, stupid dummy. to insinuate. <laughs> you could do something like that. Can't just. Yeah. My yeah, seven year old dispensary. Go check them yeah. out. They, they're very, very organized, uh, as are we here at PHNX Cardinals. And if you're just joining us, big announcement for tomorrow, NFL insider extraordinaire Benjamin Albright is going to join the show. The latest on the Cardinals head coaching search, among everything else. We're going to talk about Sean Payton, Brian Flores, Monty Awesome for it. Why was he the right fit for the Cardinals? We're going to ask him about Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. What was that dynamic in the final days of their tenure with the Arizona Cardinals. We're so excited to finally welcome Benjamin as a true friend of PHNX Cardinals. It's appointment YouTube television here on PHNX Cardinals as we are firmly entrenched into the head coaching search with the Arizona Cardinals. And Bo, I mean, every day we're getting a new name before we break. What's one name that they haven't spoken to, that they haven't met yet, that you wouldn't mind seeing them reach out to? Or is or is the slate kind of picked clean at this point? Ben Johnson gone. Harbaugh gone. Well, what's one name they haven't been connected to that you wouldn't mind seeing them talk to? Yeah, the play caller in Philly, Shane Steichen. I think that he would yeah. be the guy that could help turn around Kyler. I think it's, as far as offensively, schematically, that it's it's pretty simple, but it's it, it's effective, right? You, I love what they were able to do as far as personnel. I think it would match up very well with the with what the Arizona Cardinals can do with with guys like Kyler Murray, James Conner, uh, Hollywood Brown. Trey McBride, he could play that Dallas Goddard role that would just gash the Arizona Cardinals when they played each other. So Shane Steichen is, is absolutely that. I love uh, what Bucky Bird said. Yeah, Kellen Moore, give him an interview. If you're going to give all every single defensive coordinator in the league an interview, give some of these offensive guys as well. We don't know a whole lot about Moore as far outside of his play calling ability, which is you know some of the tops in the league because Dallas continues to be the top in every statistical category offensively. And that's a testament to more, but uh, you get, need to figure out, you know, was it, was it Dak? Was it, you know, what Mike McCarthy's doing or was it a collaboration or is it, is it him? Is it more, is he the, the kind of the brain behind all of that? So talk to him. And, and those are two names. Absolutely. That I think I had my top five before. And um, I, I, I'm not in on Caldwell. I think that this league is, is, it's don't put Joe Lombardi in the chat. Uh, as far as Jim Caldwell, 2017 was really the last time. He was a part of this league. Half a decade is is an eternity in the NFL. I think just the way things have changed so much, uh, I, I think it might have passed up Caldwell, who was incredible working with the Colts for so long. But uh, I, I wouldn't say Caldwell. I'd say those two young up, up and coming play callers. I'm with you. I you know I'm an Eric Bieniemy guy, but I mean Benjamin, who I'll probably echo this tomorrow, has mentioned the fact that Bieniemy is just not well thought of in the league inner circles. His head coaching interviews have not gone well. I think he's got some baggage dating back to before his time. I just I love what they've done in Kansas City. I wouldn't mind seeing him get an interview. I'm more of a Coldwell guy than you are, but again, maybe as an OC to Kyler Murray, I think that would kind of be the perfect fit, maybe with a a, a Brian Flores, Kafka. You got to pick these rosters that are consistently winning. Um, it's hard though because you know the ownership group in Tennessee. We've got Vrabel and company. You could connect the dots there, but there's really nobody on Tennessee staff that you would want to take on, unless it's um, of course Mike Vrabel. So I think <laughs> again, you're looking at a Flores, and that's why he makes the most sense because they have a relationship, and this league's all about relationships. Have a relationship with us, by the way. Go to gophnx.com. Become a diehard. Get exclusive news, information, content. Unlock all of our diehard posts. Get this. The articles at gophnx.com, 90% of them are free right now. Go check them out. The inner workings of the Arizona Sports Writer of the Year, Craig Morgan, covering the NHL. We've got Gerald Bourget covering the Suns. Are they going to trade Drake, Jay Crowder? Check out all that more. Gophnx.com. Become a diehard. Pick up a free hat or T-shirt if you become a diehard every single year. It's not a one-off. You go to the merchandise locker, pick out what you want, boom, 
it's at your crib, you're rocking it in the valley or where otherwise you live. Uh, love the gophnx.com, Bo. Yeah, no doubt about it. Incredible stuff there. Follow us on social, of course, at phnx underscore cardinals on Twitter, Instagram, of course, at phnx underscore sports for all the great info. You're going to love to see it. All the great posts about your favorite teams in the Valley. I think I saw Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and uh, and Cameron Johnson were all practicing. I mean, Suns could get back on track. Of course, you want to check in with PH and Sun, PHNX Suns on a daily basis as well. Big things going down there as, long, as, as well as all our great shows. Big time show today. Pretty slow news day as far as the interview front. Aaron Glenn, Johnny, as you mentioned at the top, that's the most recent addition. We'll see if they get him on and uh, interviewed here. But as of right now, it seems like Flores is going to be by the end of the week. Yeah. And then outside of that, nothing else scheduled unless there's like a surprise like Frank Wright. I love surprises. I'm going to take one in the chat here. Super chat or Reese before we get out of here. $1.99 super chat. Thank you so much, my guy. What coach will bring the most dis- discipline to this franchise? I, I think it's there's two answers. It's D'Amico Ryans, who's just got complete player buy-in, and it's Brian Flores, belt. Yeah, I want the guy that said they would literally die for him. That that I mean, that seems like a pretty disciplined player if he's willing to die for if the coach tells him, "Hey, go die." That's pretty good discipline right there, right? That's following order. So, yeah, D'Amico, Ryan, Flores, you can't go wrong. No doubt about it. We want everybody alive and well hanging out with us every day, 4 p.m., PHNX Cardinals, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. We're back manana tomorrow with Benjamin Albright. What's if, up, Bo? Uh, yeah, if you missed it, of course, I said follow us on socials. You'll get to see Johnny sing and dance again. It's gonna, I'm sure oh, it's going to resurface soon. Scrub that from the internet, <laughs> Tyler Murray style. Scrub the social. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>